Start the recording. Okay, welcome everyone to the uh, Peace Alliance Department of Peacebuilding campaign monthly call. Uh, glad to see a number of people on as, as well this month. We've had good attendance for uh, a few months running. So it's, it's great to see uh, familiar faces and names as well as uh, some new ones. Uh, so who would like to, to start with brief check-ins before we get into our agenda? I'll just say hello, I'm doing well. Um, now that COVID is somewhat under control, California is worrying about a drought. So in case you <laughs> all had something you didn't you know, need to worry about, there, there, there we have something. <laughs> there That's is always it. something, isn't there? <laughs> There's always something. <laughs> I'll go next. Were you done, Nancy, or did you have I am done. Okay, go ahead, Laura. Okay, um, my name is Laura Brown, and I'm, I live in um, the Pennsylvania Wild. It's the northwestern corner of Pennsylvania, and uh, we just had snow, <laughs> which is kind of unusual for us in April. Um, but everything is going well, and I'm finishing up a book and uh, looking forward to the rest of this meeting a nice break for me. <laughs> Great, thanks. Who'd like to go next? How about Deborah? Is that you on from uh, Georgia? Yeah, yeah. I'm really sick after my second vaccine, and I'm running fever. It's gone down. I haven't eaten anything. I've probably almost 24 hours. I'm a little tiny. Uh, didn't go out. Tried. I went outside of couple of times just to get the mail and bring packages in, but it's too cold, so I can't stay outside. I'm sitting in the dark right now. Um, I had chills earlier, so I don't feel good. I may have to get off the car, and I can't I can't get the um, the speaker phone. So, we, can't, we can't hear you right now. It, it sounds like you're far away from the phone, so we yeah. can hear you lightly before, but not anymore. Let me see what I can do. Um, yeah, I can't. Anything I can do. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, it sounds more normal. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really, I don't, yeah, I don't want to keep this on, but I'm really, um, I've been really sick for my shot. So, uh, fever, my fever went down, but it's still there. Sh chills, uh, I everything, headache. So, I mean, I'm I'm like sitting in the dark right now. But I just want to. I might have to get off. But I just want to tell Beth that that Chauvin conviction would not have occurred if the people of Minnesota had not elected Keith Ellison as their attorney general. Oh, exactly. Vote, voting, voting paid off. Did it ever pay off? And people keep thinking, oh, there's still need to be, there's still much to be done. Elect more Keith Ellison's as your state attorney generals. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I, I definitely, definitely yeah. agree. No, yeah. and I'm not overlooking that. Keith okay. Ellison was always, I know him. Yeah. Okay. Somewhat personally, I as an activist. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, Deborah. Sorry you're not feeling well, and and uh, thanks yeah. for letting us know. So if you drop off, we'll we'll know you're getting a deeper rest. Hope you feel better. Yeah. Um. Okay. Else would like to check in. I'll check in. Yeah. Uh, Paul from Canada. So I'm working with the Canadian Peace Initiative and working with Anne and Nancy on the UN resolution. So all of this is continuing. Yeah. Peace building continues. I'll do yes. just a brief check in. Uh, Karen Johnson from the Chicagoland area. We had snow here as well, Laura. So that was. Uh, <laughs> my dog uh, started barking at it, which he hadn't done before. <laughs> this is out of context. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so just looking forward to the call tonight. I'm glad to see people on it and, and uh, what, kind, what we decide to discuss later. Okay. Fernando, would you like to check in? Yes. Um... Well, after the Derek Chauvin uh, verdict, um, I wasn't feeling too satisfied. I was kind of sad that it took this long to, to come to a resolution, to, to begin the conversation. That we should have started when Rodney King was uh, case. Uh, took so many years to get to where we are today. And the sad part is the I didn't feel any satisfaction on the verdict. Uh, to be honest, I felt sadness for taking so long and um, so many people had to go through so much uh, pain to get to, just to begin the conversation. Um, but uh, at least we're beginning the conversation. So um, that's that's the best part now. We're gonna begin the um, police reform probably and, and things like that, policing reform. And, uh, so it's, it's a start. So uh, that's the best part of it. And uh, peace building, this is the beginning of peace building, I guess. Uh, that's the best part. I'm looking positive, uh, you know, forward to it. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I'm, I know I'm not going to say the name right, but Arjun, would you like to? Check in, you were the first person on the call. Hello, I'm just checking in from uh, Western North Carolina. And uh, I've never been on this call before, but when the Department of Peace first started many years ago, I paid a lot of attention. So I'm glad to reconnect and hear what's going on. Great. Okay. And how do you say your name? Arjuna. Arjuna. Juna. <laughs> okay, thank you. Ruby, hi. Welcome. <laughs> Glad you're here. 
Okay, Ruby, would you like to say more? <laughs> yes, um, I've been, uh, you know, advocating for peace and demonstrating for peace and for most of my adult life. And I'm glad to be continuing with that um, purpose. Okay, thank you. And where are you from, Ruby? Carol Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville, okay. Okay. Oh, good. Someone up. Said, I know you said you've got some background noise. Are you able to just say hello briefly? Hi. I could say hello briefly. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to cook, which is not, not really very good at. Um, anyway, um, hi everybody. I'm from Crete, Illinois, and and congratulations, Karen, on winning your uh, your election. Thank you. I forgot. You. I have been meaning to do that. Um, and uh, we're working on. I I work with lots of groups, campaign on violence, and uh, the Fox Christie people, and I always say. We got to work with the Peace Alliance and get the U.S. Department of Peace building in there because that's a great bill. So I, wherever we work on anything, whether it be with faith-based people or, or civic-minded people, I always throw that in. <laughs> so one of these days, I told my younger son, I'm not going to die until there's a U.S. Department of Peace building. Okay, that's enough for me. I'm going to go back to cooking <laughs> so that the pot doesn't boil over. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we need to get to work. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have someone from the 614 area code. Would you like to say hello? On the phone? And again, it's star six to unmute when you're on the phone. Hi, I'm Deborah Walters. Um, I've been, haven't been active for the last few years, um, had some tragedy in my life and trying to get through it, but um, I'm back. Um, I've been doing a lot of things. I'm from Columbus, well, I'm not from Columbus, Ohio. I'm from Mechanicsburg, Ohio, but close to Columbus and very sad about the situation that happened last night. Um, but very excited about what happened in uh, with with George George Floyd situation. Um, so kind of a mixed blessing there. Um, and I'm just kind of I'm glad to be back. I've always been a part of the Peace Alliance for a very long time, but like I said, um, about three years ago, I had some tremendous loss and it's just been taking me a while to get back to me so I'm back and happy to uh, be on calls I was on a call last week because Dan uh, was the one that came to us in um, Champaign County and start our peace alliance and um, well we already was a peace group but we started with his um guidance and did a, a lot of amazing things. So I'm just glad to be back um, on the monthly calls and be a part of Peace Alliance. Great. Thank you. Glad that you can make it. 
All right. Adrian, would you like to say hello, check in? Hello. You hear me? Yes. This is Adrian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I also know as Adrian uh, uh, Bernal or Adrian Bernal from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I'm just checking in for the first uh, time in your meeting. So a uh, member of Veterans for Peace, um, also uh, School of the Americas Watch. And I do a show in WRFG called Beyond Borders, uh, which we talk about peace. So Great. glad to be with you all. Great. Glad you're with us. Fernando. Yes, I would like to add that Adrian and I, we are friends for many, many years, and we share the same profession for many years, too. <laughs> we are friends for many Great, great. Okay, I think we can uh, start the call now. It's glad to have everybody on, some people from the past and some new people. Um, before we go onto the agenda, we usually have a connection exercise just to bring everybody into the, uh, the space of the call, both physically and uh, um, from our heart space. Uh, did we have anyone who would like to lead us in that? And if not, I can do that. Okay. All right, so this is just going to take a minute or so if everybody can just uh, sit. Oh, we've got Gerilyn at joining us now. <sighs> so it's best to get your feet planted on the floor if you can or however you're relaxing. <sighs> take three deep breaths, slow breaths in and slow breaths out just to bring awareness to your body and your heart space. Think of something that brings you joy in your life. Sense the connection to everybody on the call. Everybody working for peace in one way or another uh, within the campaign or in other ways or both. And also embracing all the people around the country that uh, have been involved with this campaign since the beginning and uh, remain involved or new people involved. Um, thousands of people around the country with our organization and other organizations and probably 100,000 or more around the planet working in some way for violence reduction and peace building, if not hundreds of thousands. So acknowledging even though progress feels slow, um, it's happening everywhere. Okay, so our standard agenda is that we give short status reports on um, initiatives and, and projects that uh, we've been working on. And then we um, uh, have a little bit, you know, the one that we just finished up, we'll talk more and, and introduce the, the next phase of projects or initiatives. And then we've got a, 
discussion topics. And so for those of you who got received our email, reminder email, you saw the possible topics and we can always just start with one that comes to mind to somebody as well. And, uh, and, we're, and today we're looking at uh, people uh, doing a closing round and giving us their peace building goals for the next month. We've started that early with the Peace Alliance that it's having the goals for the campaign, but also having personal peace goals. So uh, we can leave some time for that and, uh, um, and then close with a quote. So Nancy, do you want to start us off in the reports? Um, yes. Hello, everybody. Um, gosh, there's there's so much going on. I will try <laughs> to just give a high level kind of brief report um, in the world, the DLP universe, uh, from everything from uh, city to state to national and international things going on. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out. People mentioned um, Keith Ellison, um, who's the uh, Attorney General of Minnesota now, was a Department of Peace Building co-sponsor when he was in the House. Um, another shout out to Deb Holland, who is the first Native American Secretary of the Interior, also a former DOP co-sponsor. Um, where, let's see. We have folks in uh, California working on Compassionate California, uh, which will be voted on in the um, California State Senate this week, and then hopefully uh, passed in the assembly. Um, I will let Geraldine in a little while, if we have time, talk a little bit more about the California Democratic Party. Um, uh, which is set, set to endorse the Department of Peace Building Bill um, at the beginning of May for the uh, statewide Democratic Party. And it'll be the, I think it's the fifth time in a row that they've done that. Um, what else are we doing? Um, we have a very active uh, truth, racial healing and transformation group in the, um, within the Peace Alliance. And there's some overlap with people who are involved with Department of Peace Building. Uh, the, the, some of the things they are supporting um, are the Department of Peace Building. And then there's uh, some bills in Congress for uh, truth, racial healing and transformation commissions. Uh, which is a Barbara Lee bill and in the Senate, a Cory Booker bill. And there's another uh, separate bill for a task force to develop reparations proposals, uh, which is a Sheila Jackson Lee proposal. And there's a Senate uh, uh, companion bill to that with Cory Booker. Um, that group was also in Evanston, Illinois. Um, where I happened to go to school. <laughs> first, uh, first town in America, I believe, to pass a, a reparations uh, plan for some of its uh, African-American citizens. Um, we also have a lot going on, um, Paul mentioned, with the Global Alliance for Ministers and Departments of Peace Building. Um, tons of committees in that group and a lot going on there. Um, and then right now, um, our bill has 19 co-sponsors. Uh, uh, Sheila Jackson Lee just signed back on. Um, I wrote to her to congratulate her about her uh, 
reparations commission bill and she agreed to sign back on. Um, so I guess just, uh, you know, keep on with uh, contacting your members of Congress and please ask them to sign on to the bill. Uh, as we go through, uh, we just finished season for nonviolence and honored a lot of nonviolence uh, proponents um, throughout January, February, and March. And we'll be um, moving on really soon to our Mother's Day piece wants a piece of the federal budget pie action, long title, but um, <laughs> um, so this is again, another way we will contact our members of Congress. And I think this year we'll also have a, a component where we'll ask folks like you guys to send in, send me a picture of yourself with some sign or something that shows how you're involved with peace or what, what facet of peace building you like. And um, we have some other things going on. So um, just watch for that. And that's that's kind of the high level view. If you wanna send me anything, it's nancy at peacealliance.org. Um, send me any pictures or send me the good news that you've contacted your members of Congress and maybe that they are signing on. So that's... Um, that's that. Oh, one other thing, Kathy, we have a new um, field director in the Peace Alliance, uh, Dan Kahn, who's been with us for a long time, is um, stepping back slightly. He'll still be involved, but um, Kathy Kidd, who used to be our field director, is now going to be our uh, field director again, and she, um, she plans to be on the call next month to say hello to everybody. Oh, great. So I think that's it. I think, I think over and out, unless anybody has questions. Yeah, I think Kendra is traveling, so she wasn't sure she was gonna have enough signal to join us, so it looks like not. Um, is there anything that we should say about the uh, proposal updates or we'll just wait until next month for her to recap anything? Um, Unless, unless anybody on our committee wants to say anything, I know there's um, some stuff going on in Illinois. Um, and um, there's, there are a lot of other proposals working their way through. I don't know if anybody wants to mention anything specifically. Maybe Fernando or Laura or... Well, I just submitted uh, the proposal about the music video and uh, it just gives the details of what we had kind of sketched out, I think on the last monthly call and uh, a recommendation that we um, wait a little bit. We, I, I immediately after the call last month, I sent a, a email to Playing for Change. They don't have a phone call or the ones that have called them, but uh, just proposing the project and seeing how they would come back with if it was like a no or what or something else and it seemed that they were very interested but indicated that the timing wasn't great for them because of all the sort of pipeline of projects that they have going on so i think it's it's worth waiting uh you know i would say at least another three to six months to see if they come back, I, I they suggested I fill out a long form of details of the project, which I did. And uh, I think it's worth waiting for, to see if they come back with a 
more favorable reply. If they don't, I have some, some other people who could probably help as kind of a backup plan, but uh, planning for change would be my, my top pick. <laughs> okay, thanks, Laura. Yep. Okay, and I'll, uh, I may reach out to the Chicago people that are working on things and see if they can send us an update when neither one of them can join the call so we can keep track of what's going on there. Okay. All right. So um, Nancy, you had uh, had some notes about the phase one versus phase two lists. Did you want to yeah. get into um, I mean, I sort of merged that into what I was doing, but um, yeah. just bottom line, thank you. We have a kind of a core group of about 25 people who've been helping us contact a list of probably around 100 members of Congress trying to get them to um, sign on to the bill. And um, I know a lot of folks are continuing that. So thank you. Um, we, yeah, I mean, we just need to keep on keeping on with that because you never know. You never know what's going to um, make a member of Congress sign on. Um, case in point, Anna Eshoo in California, we have been visiting her office in, um, in the Bay Area and in Washington, D.C. since 2004. And last week is the first time she signed on ever. And when she did, she sent her constituent who's on our team a really strong letter of support saying, I'll do anything to help. And I'm, I was flabbergasted. I was like, wow, what happened? What did she, and, and the, the message that was sent by the constituent was very basic. Like, oh, this is a good bill. You should sign on. It wasn't, didn't take in, you know, I, why now? Why not in 2004, 2008, 2012? I don't know, but it's just, uh, you know, just saying you never know when when somebody will get the message or feel the need to um, be supportive. So, yeah. So she anything you can do. Yeah, yeah. And in in the wake of this verdict this week, when people are looking for how do we uh, make more permanent change so that we don't keep having these types of trials, it might be just that, that it's in everybody's hearts and minds, right? Do everything we can. Thanks, Nancy. Okay, so we can open up our discussion topic. Um, so some of the possibilities that uh, we had some notes on was about gun violence. Is it an epidemic and what can we do about it? Um, Earth Day, looking at, uh, um, you know, how do we honor Earth Day with peace? and uh, uh, violence against Asian Americans that's happening now uh, in the news so much more. And anything else that's, of course, we talked about the, um, the trial this week and the verdict or anything else that somebody feels um, strongly about talking about tonight. Yeah, I just, uh, this is Beth, and I uh, was watching CNN, and um, 
one of the the mayor of LA is uh, making a, a serious effort to to have a um, guaranteed income um, to help uh, people in the city on a month on on a monthly basis. I don't know if any of you caught that piece of news. Yeah, I, I did. I did hear that, Beth. Mm-hmm. So he's looking to do it on a city level? On a city level, yeah. Okay. I just thought it would be something to bring up. Okay, thanks. Yeah, since our presidential candidate brought that up, it's been brought up in a number of different contexts, especially with the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, um, you know, having people have a core income, you know, a lot of violence happens from lack of resources or insufficient oh, resources so it's certainly a factor in peace building and violence reduction yeah. what does this say about the derek chauvin um verdict thank god <laughs> really i i don't know I think we would have had a total meltdown in this country if it had gone otherwise. Um, and, uh, and all the comments um, about it being justice not really being served, but at least there was some accountability. And um, so, you know, now we have to just keep working for some real justice. I know to uh, a day or two before the verdict, um, people in Oakland, um, as some core, a core group of people of, in Oakland just started, um, you know, destroying businesses and windows and setting fires and stuff. So I just can't, I mean, I can't imagine what would have happened if the verdict had been otherwise. Hmm. Uh, well, this is Gerilyn. I watched the trial, and uh, I think others have heard me say this, felt like I went to medical school and law school at the same time. Uh, I met Keith Ellison many, many years ago in regards to uh, uh, media reform at a conference, and mm -hmm. I, I really, really really want to acknowledge the fact that he made sure that the prosecution had the resources it needed. Uh, they did not leave one stone unturned <laughs> with, uh, with all of the uh, professional uh, expert witnesses and whatever. And I, I agree, I think had the verdict uh, been any other than what, was, what, what came in, uh, all hell would have broken loose throughout the nation. I mean, I've lived through the Watts riots. <laughs> so I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for that. 
But also another part, I, I think people, uh, I mean, and I'm, I'm really concerned now about what the sentencing is going to turn out to be, which we won't know for another eight weeks. Um, uh, former police officers do not do well in prison. And uh, he has a family also, Officer Chauvin. And, and I, my heart kind of goes out to that family as well because they've also lost uh, their loved one. And so I'm, I'm kind of wondering full well my knowledge of the criminal justice system that it's possible and unless they're keeping him isolated, but even so uh, that's, that's a mental issue in itself uh, to do that uh, to any human being. Um, but I, I don't feel that he's going to be safe. <laughs> it, you know, it could happen that he might not even make it through to the sentencing or last very long. So I think that uh, a little compassion needs to go to his family as well. And, you know, another part of it, I think that the, the combination of all of the verdicts that did not go <laughs> well, or, you know, to be accountable, um, going, going back to Rodney King and what happened with that. Of course, I was living here during those riots as well. And so it, but I am glad that the verdict is what it is and that it is the first step to accountability and to many, many changes that need to take place within the system itself. Because actually, when it gets down to racism, it's, that's a societal issue and we all are complicit in that. So I'm looking forward to making progress and to all of these changes that need to be made. And I think it was one of, one of the mothers that said, it's taken 400 years for us to get to this place. Uh, it's going to take us a while, you know, to, to undo everything. So I'm just glad that everybody that's here, I know, is interested in making those changes. So we just need to keep on stepping. Yeah. Thank you, Gerilyn. Nicely said. Go ahead, Nancy. I have a, I have a question for Paul. Um, this since America is so egocentric, <laughs> I, I would love to hear what, um, what the people of Canada are thinking about all of our racial um, inequality. And I know that there must be some of that going on in Canada too, but what, what, what kind of thoughts are you all having? Well, uh, this is a general comment. We're not immune to human nature either. Uh, we certainly have, you know, various problems there. Um, on one hand, uh, our prime minister recently said that this is an opportunity to, to look at ourselves and uh, maybe, maybe take a good look in the mirror and uh, see if we can, we can do anything also. Uh, from an objective perspective, uh, you know, from the point of view of being a peace professional, 
accreditation and all of that. Um, uh, I I sort of look at the situation, and maybe and maybe some of us do. Um, in in terms of yes, the word justice is something, and it, it's it's something important, and it certainly is something important uh, in a society and in Western society where the rule of law is is uh, is expressed to be uh, uh, paramount. Um, but also, I think that when we when we look at what law is, it's it's really the codification of those ethics uh, of significant impact to society. So there is a larger ethic that's involved there and things that you brought up, Ruby, in terms of uh, uh, values and compassion and things like this. So um, in one sense, to be mindful of the fact that as we move past the law part of this, uh, we'd be sensitive to the reconciliation part and the closure parts and the things that have to, uh, uh, that have to follow. I mean, at the end of the day, um, as, as you alluded to, to um, uh, Ruby there, harming other people uh, uh, has a karma attached to it, you know, making people suffer. And, and it, it does something to ourselves also. Uh, and I guess in one sense, you believe that, that uh, uh, going to jail or incarceration or something like that is, is to protect society and not necessarily to harm an individual. I mean, if we're in the business of doing harm, we're, we're in one sense, we're only talking about motivation here. But um, eventually we have to get to the reconciliation part where we, we've acknowledged the truth and we've made some restitution and, and uh, everyone has to be satisfied with the outcome, you know, in, including the victims uh, because they have to ultimately be able to get on with their lives and, and harmony has to be restored in that, in that kind of sense. So um, there is the issue of dignity. Uh, that's probably the bigger picture here, uh, where, where you can define that as, as being able to um, live well in the company of others, you know, as a very, very simple definition of that. And, and ultimately, uh, the racial divide and the differences and, and everything here has to look at that word uh, very, very closely. Uh, otherwise, uh, differences are going to just um, continue to exist. So um, there is that kind of thing, um, you know, we, we tend to use force as, a, as force behaviors with the hope that attitudes will follow. Um, and, th and that's something, uh, but we really do have to go all the way back and examine, you know, what, what values do we, do we define as good? And, and certainly harming others is not, uh, is probably not paramount. If, so, if you may, I would like to also, if I can tap on what you were saying, Paul, uh, we have to realize that uh, we are part of a system that has been created that way. The structural, the structural violence being created that way to benefit a group and put it in a, in a beneficial position than others and to, be, and to control others. So I, today I made a comment to someone. I said, did you know the police officers have a high tendency to, to domestic violence and then civilians? And I said, don't get me wrong. I said, uh, but what happened is the police officers are subject to high stress job and they don't have the opportunity to release the, the, that tension or decom nor decompress for that reason. They're always on the edge because they are exposed to chilling effect, effect as well the civilian detained by them. So 
we had two groups. They had they are always on the edge, and by the pressure of the structural violence, and the old one, the one is always going to lose if they have the less training and less force. And unfortunately, you know, it happened with the group of colors. So. What we need to do is to see the bigger picture and work on policing reform uh, and modify the uh, structural violence that we have. We have the bailing system, bail, you know, bailout system, the judicial system, the health system, educational system. We have to look at the big picture. And, and then the fact that you have a police officer that is highly on the edge because they don't know if they're going to go home. And then the person was also suffering the chilling effect they, by being detained by the police. It, obviously, it's going to be confrontational regardless because both of them are suffering. They are both on the edge. So uh, this is exactly what we need to do. We need to work extremely hard on policing reform and judicial system reform. Uh, okay. It, 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 is, it is there. Well, it, it's there, but um, one thing we have to remember is all of these policemen are us. They're our sons and our daughters and, and exactly. people who go, who go into these systems mm -hmm. and, and they, mm -hmm. get, uh, they get training in certain ways. I mean, we, exactly. we, have, uh, we have come to the realization, you know, in some of our force, uh, military forces, things like that with, with PTSD, that it's one thing to inculcate people with... Uh, organizational ethics that may be, you know, military ethics is support uh, on one side of the thing. It's quite another uh, to balance that off with things that are going to be um, conducive to mental health. Um, when, when we go, when we have a society that, for example, is going to put a, 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 uh, an emphasis on crimes and punishment, um, we also have to think of the balance that goes with it uh, with regards to um, good order and harmony. So there are, there are two things that, 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 that must be served here uh, because ultimately, um, you know, justice can be very cold. It, it, can, it can happen and, and this person is gonna go to jail for a long time and, and divides can, uh, uh, and differences can still be there. And the bigger, the bigger picture of reconciliation has to be at least entered into the conversation, uh, compassion, now, now, apology and forgiveness is a difficult thing, and it, it's nothing that anybody should ask. I mean, this has to come from the heart. I mean, uh, otherwise, words are just are just are just words and just that. So, um, there are many. It's a multi multi dimensional thing, and the end of the day, it's got to be a whole of society solution to the whole thing. Uh, Reforming one side or the other, for example, wouldn't wouldn't necessarily take away organized crime if you were if you're trying to deal with it in that in that context. So it's a really really tricky thing, and it it may be generational. And one of the things that we look at is um, something called mimetic structures, and a mimetic structure is how we pass on cultures of blessing or violence or hate or belief or whatever from generation to generation. You know, starting right right with children, the values that, that are surrounded with. And a mimetic structure is simply that a person will mimic uh, their environment and the values and beliefs are right in their environment in order to survive or belong. So that when we get when we get uh, societies that have um, a lot of maybe a, 
poverty or, or social issues in there, that, that creates a certain mimetic structure, which is really going to shape them for the rest of their lives. And the challenge in this field is how do you break them? Uh, how, how do you, you break these structures and you get, a, a, for example, a structure of blessing uh, rather than violence? And some of these things are very, very easy. We have a problem, for example, with some elder people who, who suffered in residential schools in the First Nations. And going to them and saying, well, um, they can't forgive. And the idea is that's totally understandable and, that, and that's totally acknowledged and accepted. But we would ask that there is such a thing as this mimetic structure that may pass on this victimization to your children. So it's like smoking. If you don't want your children to smoke, please smoke outside. So make a conscious effort to separate, uh, you know, how you are going to, to talk about this to succeeding generations. So very, very complicated, and, but it requires awareness and sensitivity. And the first thing is awareness. Once you bring something to awareness, um, uh, people can make choices. You know, and if, if they've got good values or they've got reasonable values, um, uh, these things can influence these choices and changes can happen. But it uh, takes a lot of work. Uh, this is not trivial. Sorry for the long answer, Nancy. <laughs> Thank you so much. You did mention you've been working with some of the First Nations. Uh... Yes, First Nations in Africa, Sri Lanka, various places. And, and we have so much to learn from all of those folks. So much that we maybe aren't used to hearing or tuning into. Well, that's, that's right. And I mean, it's an issue of relationships and it's not a relationship of, of power imbalance. You know, you bring suffering and I bring smart things or money. It's a relation of accompaniment where we all live in one global family you know, or, or one country. And when you suffer, I suffer. So one has to, one has to not separate oneself from, from uh, these things that are going on. You know, we're all people of color. Which sort of brings in the whole idea of Earth Day and that how connected we all are. And um, that's right. How we have to respect not just other people, but other beings and our and the very land and air and water that we that sustain us. So well, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the three big crises we face nowadays is, is environmental degradation and, and uh, pandemics and health and conflict. And they're all entangled and, yeah. uh, and they all have to be addressed uh, uh, in that context. Yeah. Which reminds me, I heard a, a woman scholar bring up the fact that actually we all started out black. So, and uh, we really belong to the human race, period. But we have been divided with uh, skin pigmentation and raised to think that one is superior than the other. And Paul mentioned a very, very good thing in terms of what in the in the in the now world has been known is conscious racing. We years ago we have what was called CR groups, which did exactly that. So mm -hmm. it's an educational process that that needs to take place. 
And so when, when we look at the whole thing that, that has transpired uh, and uh, these, these, uh, the loss of life uh, in terms of our uh, policing, we all are complicit because we have allowed uh, this, the systems to function. So uh, this is a great wake up call and I think things are going to be now more than lip service actually take place. Well, we've got the George Floyd uh, in Policing Act that's now moved from the House to the Senate. So I think that uh, that uh, will have a great chance. And so that that's the first step in, in terms of implementing or changing the laws in terms of uh, what's acceptable practice what isn't so that we've got a long way to go well, that I'd like to be a good segue into our personal peace building goals for the month <laughs> ah yes uh, we does just, begin with us we've just got about uh six minutes left um and uh, before we start this segment, I just wanted to check, does somebody have a quote for the closing quote when we're Okay, Nancy. I, yeah, I didn't see a quote from Pat, so I, I have one. Okay. Um, so who would like to share their personal peace building goal for over the next month? I don't know if I have a... I don't really have a, a goal exactly, but I know on, on when I was um, involved in leading the Dances of Universal Peace every Mother's Day, we always met on Sunday. So I was always, I decided to start reading the Mother's Day um, proclamation on that day. And I don't know if anybody's read it, but the Mother's Day is really about peace and it got co-opted, um, but that's a really good thing to do. Remember this, you know, those women were amazing, like really amazing. They traveled across the Atlantic, way, you know, which was a big deal. So that's what I like to do. And um, what else was I thinking about? Peace. Um, I was thinking about last year, I was with a group that was um, just doing multiracial activities downtown in Asheville and it was all spontaneous. Every bit of it was spontaneous. People met and things happened and then we start planning things and we, we, we highlighted the black youth and um, we did, and we have a, a monument in Asheville, the Vance Monument, and we, we had a ceremonial kind of atmosphere and we, we read all the slaves that Zebulon B. Vance owned you know, he was like the governor of North Carolina. And um, we did a lot of wonderful, wonderful activities. And I hope something like that, of bringing people together and creating a beautiful atmosphere and singing and dancing. And I guess my peace activities are mostly in the um, arts realm, other than you know protesting the Vietnam War and all that. But um, so yeah, the Mother's Day proclamation. I'm gonna get it out and start reading it. <laughs> Thank you. Anyone else? 
Um, well, I can go. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna continue. I have quite a list of Congress people I'm uh, contacting to uh, to come onto the bill. So I'll continue that and uh, uh, continue with the racial healing group and um, just whatever. Trying to get the word out and trying to educate myself. Really, on there's so many issues and so many things to know about. I think I decided during this call I'm going to schedule a weekly meeting with myself to to look at what, for my own personal piece uh, in all of the initiatives I'm involved in. What do I do next to to add more peace? Because I'm feeling uh, a little behind the eight ball on something. So just kind of look at that and and uh, enjoy a little bit of peace with my life. Anyone else? Okay, well, we could end a, a minute or so early if we like. Um, does anyone have anything else about anything they'd like to share before we go to the closing quote? Karen, I'd like to offer to support you in your, your peace, um, becoming peaceful inside. I would really like to do that. Does that, does something specific come to mind and how you would do that? Or just, oh, I, yeah, I have lots of ways, lots of ways according to your need. Okay. You talk about it. Okay. All right. I will reach out to you. Thank you. Anything else? Anything? I think everybody on the call is already doing a lot and, um, just thank you for, uh, as John Lewis says, being good troublemakers. And, uh, you know, just whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. <laughs> this is Adrian. I uh, will continue working uh, with the Veterans for Peace. And also I'm on a, uh, with a group here in Atlanta in Decatur for restorative justice. And um, so we, we talked a lot about that. Uh, also being against the death penalty. Um, one little thing I wanted to say was when we're talking about the police and things, I think um, they're very underpaid. Um, also, uh, we talked a little bit about the police that had PTSD, and I think that's a very important part um, of this equation. I think that um, I think it's a, um, something that I believe that um, people who serve in the military should not be allowed to serve um, in the frontline position in the police department because we have all of these issues where I think they have a, they snap because they go back to PTSD and uh, uh, all of a sudden they're shooting uh, and they could have sworn they saw a gun or something and it doesn't happen. 
But um, thank you very much. I enjoyed uh, being on the call with you all. And I hope to see you next month. Great. Thank you. Okay, Nancy. Our closing quote. I'm not sure if Nancy's screen has frozen up. <laughs> uh, she said she said that Deborah hadn't sent a quote, but I think she did. I think I got an email from Deborah with a quote. Did anybody else get that? Oh no, I got one from Pat. Oh, okay, I didn't see. Okay, I see that now. Do you want me to read it? Yes, please do. Okay, well, let me see if I can find it. Oh, possible quote. Okay, so the quote is leveling the playing field is the way to build bridges. And that was said by Mark Mario, the CEO of the National Urban League. Leveling the playing field is the way to build bridges. Yeah, very timely. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Uh, so Nancy, I'm not sure if you heard, it looked like you dropped off and came back. Yeah. Laura found a quote that Pat sent us by email. So we've had a closing quote. Thank you, thank you. Thank you everyone. Uh, thank you. Keep building peace and we'll connect with you next month. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, everybody.